So who's ready for the word this morning? I need a few more people on the train with me this morning. Acts chapter 12 this morning. Acts chapter 12. We have been uh, in kind of a series, I guess you could say, about the family. Uh, I've spoke about kingdom families, and then we had some time to fellowship with our family at the park, and we've dedicated children during this time. So it's been a, just an exciting time. And then last week it was Vision Sunday, talk about the future of the family of the church. Today we are talking about a praying church, a praying family, and the power of it. Beginning in Acts chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 4 through 5 and then 10 through 16. Acts 12. Verses 4 through 5, and then verses 10 through 16. It reads as this this morning. It says, After arresting him, Peter, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in the prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And in verse 10, it says, uh, verse 10, yes, it says, uh, sorry, let's back up there. Let's go to verse 8. Uh, and it says, and the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around him and follow me. The angel told him. So Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. And they passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angels and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything that the Jewish people were anticipating. And when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, John Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're, you are out of your mind, they told her. When she, when she ins kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be an angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning, God, asking you now to prepare our ears and our minds for this word. God, I pray that this word just falls on us on a soul this morning, and it just begins to take root in our life, oh God. God, reveal revelations to us this morning, the importance of a praying church, the power of a praying church this morning, and I give you all honor and glory for everything that's about to happen in this place, and everyone said amen. amen amen and amen let's give a little history about acts chapter 12 in this same book there is a man named herod and this herod is actually called herod agrippa and he had already put james the brother of john to death the word says by sword he had put him to death really because he was doing nothing wrong but the word said that he was simply a part of the church he was simply a christian and in that moment he became persecuted it opened the door for attack on his family whenever he became known as part of God's church. It was known that once you come under the siege of Herod, that once you get on his list, once you, uh, once you get on his radar, it was very rare that you made it out on the other side alive. Once you got on Herod's radar, it was pretty certain that your days were numbered, that you didn't have long to live. And if, if I were to ask you today, how many 
many of you have ever felt like you were on an enemy's list? How many of you have ever felt like your entire home maybe was on a Herod's list where you were under attack and you did not know how much longer you were going to be able to stand under that attack? If I were to ask you, have you ever been in that situation? A lot of you, most of you would probably be able to raise your hand and testify that you have felt like you've been under on an enemy's radar. The thing about this attack was that Peter was really doing nothing wrong. He wasn't doing anything wrong, but the word says that he too just happened to be part of the church. And, and with that word says that when Herod saw that, that this pleased the Jews, when he saw that the Jews got happy because he had, he had James murdered, when he saw that he started to gain popularity, when he saw that persecuting the church uh, gained him some, uh, some progress with his followers, when he saw that, then the word says that he, de- he decided, well, who else? What other Christian can I persecute? If I'm gaining all this popularity, well, I might as well just continue with the persecution. So when he started to win over his army, when he started to gain more favor, when he started to gain more popularity, when his ego began to be stroked, someone needs to understand this today, that you may be on someone's attack list, you may be on the enemy's radar, the The person attacking you, it may be more about them than it is about you. This is why it is just so important for you to understand who you are in Christ. This is why it is so important for you to understand that when you become part of the church, you become like a lighthouse on Satan's radar. The more salt and the light that you possess, the greater the persecution. Can anybody say amen to that? Can anybody say amen to that? That once you become part of the church, sometimes it's like, well, I'm going to quit going to church now because everything seemed to be going fine. But once you become part of the covenant of God, you become on Satan's radar. And the more salt and light you possess, the greater the persecution. This is why it's so important for you to understand that weapons will be formed against you, but they shall not prosper against you. The word doesn't say, you'll never have a weapon, but the word says that weapons shall be formed against you, but they shall not prosper against you because you are a part of the church. You are a part of the kingdom of God. Sometimes your attack is more about them than it is you. Sometimes your attack is more about what you are doing right than it is what you are doing wrong, somebody. Somebody needs to get that in your spirit that your attack that you may be under, a lot of times you're like, well, this must be this must be God judging me. You know, a lot of times you're attacked by the enemy. It's more about what you're doing right than what you are doing wrong. Hmm. Acts four, Acts twelve four through six. After arresting him, he put him in prison. Peter, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers. Let's do some math here. Simple math. Four squads, four soldiers in each is what? Y'all are smart. Sixteen soldiers were guarding this one man. Sixteen are guarding this one man's life. So he cannot escape because they know that his life is about to be taken. So they're guarding him so he cannot escape. Sixteen soldiers, four squads of four soldiers each. It says, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Hmm. But the church, while their leader is in prison... While they're afraid there may be next, Peter's in prison, but the church is over here earnestly praying. And the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, isn't this what every good leader does? Peter was sleeping between two guards in prison. Hmm. Peter the leader, that rhymes, Peter the leader is over here sleeping, but the church is earnestly praying for him. 
A praying church is a church with vision. They understand what they are praying for. They understand the necessity of the prayer. And they understand that it will take prayer to get them to where they want to be. A praying church is a church with stories. They've been there. They've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. They've got some battle wounds. They've got some scars. For the explorers, the people who founded our faith, just like these people we are reading about today, it's so important for you to realize that prayer was not some little habit that they tacked onto the periphery of their lives, but prayer was their lives. To pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue that God uses to transform us. Out of all the spiritual disciplines in life, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into communion just like we were doing here today with the Father. The author Richard Foster shares, he says, meditation introduces you to your inner life. Fasting is an accompanying means. Study transforms our minds, but it is the discipline of prayer that brings us into the deepest and highest work of the human spirit because the father longs for you to pray the father is longing for you to pray he wants you to make your request known to him the word says let your request be known unto him see this is the problem with the church shall we talk about it we have no problem making our requests be known to Facebook. We have no problem displaying our personal business on social media. But when you pray to the Father, it is an invitation to Him to get all up in your business and fix it. Let your request be made known unto Him. The power of a praying church. He wants to hear you say, I can't do this alone. He wants you to hear you say, I am weak right now. Why? Because in your weakness through Him, that is when He makes you strong. Pray, because there is power in a praying church. There is power in a praying church. This part of the story, go with me for a moment, reminds me of This Is Us, okay? If you ever watched This Is Us, This Is Us. This part of the story reminds me of This Is Us. Because if you haven't started watching This Is Us yet, don't jump on when the season premiere comes. Because you will be lost is all get out. I've been watching this show ever since it started, and I'm still confused. I don't know if they're in the present or the future. I don't know who's married or divorced. Did she have the baby? Who knows? Did they move? Is he the governor? Is he the mayor? I don't know. I can't figure it out. And everybody's crying, and I'm over here crying because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is us. All throughout this show. It is continuously, one minute, they're flashing back. One minute, they're flashing forward. One minute, they're in the present. And in order to understand the significance of the current storyline, you have to pay attention to all the other scenes to know what's going on. And hopefully, you'll be better than I, and you will know what's going on. The same is the case in this passage. Because while Peter is asleep in his prison, you fast forward over here, and there is a church that is earnestly praying. Hmm. Let's break it down. The leader, Peter is over here in prison. And the word says, not only is he in prison, but he is between two guards. And not only is he in prison between two guards, but the word says that now he is in prison, stripped down naked, and he is sleeping between two guards. Hmm. So Peter, does this story sound familiar? Somebody sleeping in the middle of a storm. Because Peter had learned about storm control from the greatest storm controlman that there ever was. Because in the Gospels, there just happened to be a storm while these disciples were on a boat and Jesus was 
asleep, full of faith, full of knowing the outcome. He was asleep. Let me tell you something. Whenever you can sleep in the middle of a storm in your life, you've got faith. Whenever you can sleep in the midst of your enemies, you've got some faith. But let me tell you something. Whenever you can sleep in a prison, knowing in a spiritual prison, and you know that your life is about to come to an end, guess what? Not only do you have faith, but you must have somebody that is praying for you to be able to sleep through that mess. Peter understood, I've got faith, and I know that a church is gathered in a room somewhere, and they are praying for me. How many of you have ever stayed awake at night because of something that was going on in your life? But how many of you have ever slept like a baby because you just knew that there was somebody praying for you? You had a praying mama. You got a praying daddy. You had a praying church. There is power in a praying church. Peter was able to sleep while the church is over here earnestly praying. Praying because this is us. Flash forward and the church is over here in a house praying. They said that the church was in the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, and they are praying. This church has not been established for far too long. It was established right after the power of the Holy Spirit came. They are in a house. Obviously, this was not a mega church because they were in a house. Aren't you so glad that the word says you don't need a mega church for your, for your prayers to be answered? Aren't you so glad that the word says that where two or three are gathered, there he is up in the midst of them? Aren't you so glad that the word says that if any two of you agree touching any one thing on earth, it shall be done for you by my Father in heaven? Aren't you glad that the church is not so much a number, but the church is a force. Aren't you glad that the church is a force that the devil is scared of? The church is a force that the devil is trying to destroy. The church is a force that the devil is after. We are not just a location legacy church, but we are a force and we are a force to be reckoned with. Why? Because we will be a praying church. A praying church that is full of the Spirit. And the devil can hear the prayers of a praying church that is full of the Spirit. It's powerful. The church is just not a number. The church is not just about attendance. The church is a force. A force. That's why we were created. So Peter is in prison. The church is earnestly praying. Guess what? It sounds like the perfect setup for a miracle. Mm. Sounds like the perfect setup for a miracle. If you ever find yourself in a prison, if you ever find yourself in a spiritual low point in your life, and you know that the church is praying, guess what? It's the perfect place for a miracle. It just happens to be the perfect setup for the miracle. Because in verse 7 there, when the church was praying, it says, Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared. And a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side. Peter was so sound asleep that the angel had to strike him on the side and spoke to him, get up. He said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Praise the Lord. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him. So Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. Because he thought he was seeing a vision. He thought he was somewhat in a dream. They passed the first and second guards. And, the, and they came to the iron gate leading to the city. And it opened up by itself. And they went through it. You want to talk about the power of a praying church this morning. That is the power of a praying church. Prayer is like an extension cord into the next room. If you've ever been somewhere and you need power in the next room, some of you 
Probably some of you who already have, bless your heart, but you're about to start putting up Christmas decorations. And you always need a good extension card because because around your walls, there's just not enough outlets. And sometimes whenever the room next to you needs some power, you've got to plug in an extension cord and move the power to the destination that has no power. See, whenever you pray, it is like you are moving your power to the next room. You are sending your power to the prison. You are sending your power. Guess what? If you pray this morning, guess what? You can send your power to the Bahamas where they're recovering. You can send your power to the White House this morning. You can send your power to Congress this morning. You can send your power to California this morning. You can send your power all the way to a hut in India this morning. Power, prayer is like an extension cord that transfers power. That's the power of a praying church. It is like that extension cord. Prayer is like that extension cord that can move it. But guess what? This is us. Because reminder, while the church is praying, a heavenly visitation is occurring in that area that they need. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't have to be there to affect what happens there. You don't have to be there to affect what is happening there. You think, you think the Lord needs you there. No, he just needs your prayers. Hun, you think you need to be there because why? Because you want to catch a picture and put it on Facebook, hashtag miracle. You want to make your, you want to, you want a really good story. You think the Lord needs you there. No, no, no. He just needs your prayers because you don't have to be there to affect what is happening there. Praise the Lord. That is the power of prayer. You want to be there, but guess what? So many times we find ourselves whenever we are in need of a miracle that we get our, we get our needs and our wants mistaken. We want it to look like this. We want it to happen here. We didn't want to go to prison. But guess what? You don't have to be there to affect what is happening there. All you need to do is pray. And the word says that the light came on. The angel woke him up. And the word says that he was walking out, being led by an angel of the Lord. The word says he walked past two guards that he was sleeping next to, walked past another two guards, and he was never, ever seen. Prayer can activate your plan of escape. The season that you are in, the valley, the prison that you feel that you are in, prayer can activate a plan of escape for you. Yes, it can. Prayer can activate it. It can move, it can open up those doors. It was like Peter was being camouflaged by an angel. It was like he was hiding behind an angel and no one could see him. The word says in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. How do you dwell with him? Through your prayers. And he was walking in the shadow of the Almighty. And no, his enemies could not even see him walking out. Prayer will allow secret access to emergency exits that the human being cannot see. Prayer will move you past your enemies before they even know that you're gone. Mm. The gate. And the word says that after they passed the guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city, the gate opened up by itself and they went through it. Prayer has the ability to open up gates in your life. Gates. What was the importance of gates? Gates marked new territory. Gates marked a new city. Gates marked boundaries. Prayer has the ability to move you into new territory without you even packing your bags. I'm going to say that again. Because prayer 
has the ability to move you into a new territory without you even having to pack your bags. Prayer has the ability to move you into new seasons. Prayer has the ability to move you into new areas of life. Prayer has the ability to transform the place where you are at. You could be in prison and all of a sudden you went through a praying church. It is like the angel came and they, he was walking behind him. He, the, no one could even see him moving because the power of the presence of God that was with him because an angel was going before him. Prayer has the ability to activate angels in our life. Whenever we're trying to go to a new place and everybody around us, all they want to do is talk. All they want to do is gossip. Did you see who? Did you see where he's at this time? Yeah, he's back in that place. Oh, he said he was never going to be there again. He said he was never going to be addicted to that again. Oh, he said this. Oh, he said he was never going there again. Look at him. There he is. And they're updating their Facebook, and they're texting about you, and they're gossiping about you. But guess what? One day, through the power of a praying church, guess what? An angel can come and lead you right out of their midst. And while they're over here texting, one day they will look around and not even know that you're even in that season anymore with them. That is the power of a praying church. The power of a praying church. They can move you, move you to a new season. Prayer has the ability to do that. And the word says that when the gate opened, they walked through it. You cannot be afraid to walk through gates that he opens for you. You've been praying. And the gate has been open. He's just waiting for you to walk through it. You've been praying. You've been hoping. When's it going to be my time? When is it going to be my season? And the Lord said, I've already opened the gate for you. You've just got to walk through it. Prayer can do a lot of things for you. But let me tell you something prayer will not do for you. Huh, this is interesting. Prayer can do a lot of things for you. But there's some things that prayer cannot do for you. If my musicians will come. Listen to this verse. Acts chapter 12, 11 through 16. Then Peter came to himself and said, Listen, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angels and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. Listen, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where the people were gathered and they were praying. Peter knocked. He knocked on the outer entrance and a servant girl, hmm, a servant girl named Rhoda. Say it like that. Say Rhoda. Roll that R. It sounds a little dramatic. Rhoda. Rhoda. Hmm. A servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. Rhoda. Who even knew that Rhoda was in the Bible? It's the only time you will see Rhoda's name. Rhoda. Little old Rhoda, a servant girl, came to the door to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without even opening an excitement. Peter is at the door. You are out of your mind, they told her. And when she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be an angel. But Peter, he kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter goes to the church that's in Mary's house. The people have been praying. And he knocks on the door. And a servant girl named Rhoda comes to the door. Hmm. Rhoda. Rhoda has no official title. Just servant. Rhoda has no respectable pedigree. Rhoda, she was the lowest in this house. Rhoda, 
She did not have a degree. She had never been to seminary. Rhoda, she just was there to open the door. Uh, Rhoda, little old Rhoda. See, sometimes prayer will deliver your miracle to your doorstep, but it will not open the door. Because sometimes God will allow your answer to be waiting on a simple act of obedience. Hmm. Your answer may be at your doorstep. God is just waiting on a rhoda with a simple act of obedience just to open the door. Wow. See, it may not be in your hand yet, but it's still in within your reach. It may not be in your hand yet, but it is within your reach. I'm going to say that to somebody now. It may not be in your hand now, but it is within your reach. See, God didn't place all of his promises in your hand, but he put them within your reach because he longs for your participation in the thing called process. Uh, the promises are there. They may not be in your hand, but they are in your reach. Because all he's wanting to do is for you to open a door. See, there are some doors that just prayer will not open. But he's waiting for your participation. Isn't it amazing that Rhoda was sent to open the door that the miracle was waiting behind? Isn't it amazing that a servant went to intercept the miracle. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? It was a servant that opened the door for the miracle that the entire church had been praying for. You know Rhoda. No title Rhoda. No king or queen Rhoda. No degree Rhoda. You know poor Rhoda. You know Rhoda. She wasn't allowed to be an elder Rhoda. You know the servant Rhoda. Isn't it great that you don't need a title to open up the door for a breakthrough? Isn't it exciting to know? Isn't it great to know that you, your daddy don't have to be on the board for you to open up the door for a miracle? Isn't it great that your name can still be Rhoda and you can still open the door for a move of God. Rhoda. Just a servant Rhoda. The church had been praying. They're too busy over here praying to even hear the knock on the door. But all of a sudden she heard a knock and she goes and opens the door. God is looking for some Rhodas, a praying servant. He is looking for someone that is not too good to get in the trenches. He is looking for someone that knows the power of prayer. Dear God, he's just looking for someone to open the door and experience what the church has been praying for. The Spirit is birthing Rhodas at Legacy Church this morning. Morning. Servants and prayer warriors, somebody is about to open the door for breakthroughs. It's going to be a rota that's going to open the door for revival. It's going to be a rota. See, this is the problem. You all know what the problem is? You've been waiting on me, your pastor, to bring you revival. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that good. No, 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 no. See, you thought I was going to come up here and preach a word. And the place was going to get in a breakthrough. <laughs> You're wrong, my brother. You don't understand the kingdom, man. See, you thought you've been waiting all week. You've not read your Bible all week long because you've been waiting on me to bring you a word. <laughs> Hope you brought your boots this morning. You've been waiting on me to bring revival. You've been looking towards your pastor to bring you the word. Some of you didn't even worship this morning because you're saving it next week when Kevin is here. It's because you want to be ready to go next week. No, 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 no. See, you don't understand. God is looking for a rota. 
Because the church has been praying and he's just looking for somebody to open up the door to miracles. He's just looking for an act of obedience to open up the door for revival. He did a road that can open the door for a breakthrough. You've been looking to me, but God is now looking at you because he wants the Rotas to be birthed at Legacy Church. Somebody that knows how to pray, knows how to serve, and knows how to listen. Uh, Rhoda, where are you, Rhoda? Rhoda, 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 come forth. Where are you at, Rhoda? See, the beautiful thing about Rhoda was not only did she know how to pray, not only did she know how to serve, but she knew how to listen. Yeah, she knew how to listen. She did not even see Peter standing there, but the word says that she heard a knock and she heard his voice and she said, that's the answer to the prayer. She didn't have to see it. She just knew what the answer sounded like. She didn't have to see it to believe it. She just knew that the answer to the praying church was standing on the other side of the door. She just knew that the answer was standing there. God, I believe God is raising up some rotas in this house this morning. He's raising up some people that want to pray. He's raising up some people that want to serve. And he's raising up some people that want to listen. And he says, whenever you do, you thought your pastor was going to bring the revival. He said, no, all it's going to take is a little road up. Somebody just opening the door for what the church has been praying for. All I need is a little road up. God needs some road us. Get up on your feet this morning. Road up, road God needs a road God needs a generation of rotas. There's enough leaders. He just needs some rotas. There's enough chiefs. He just needs some rotas. Road where are you, Rhoda? I just feel like the word is speaking to somebody this morning. See, you thought it was going to be me. You thought this message was going to open up a revival. No, 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 no. You don't understand. It's going to be a little Rhoda that says, I want to open something. I want to open up the heavens. I want to open up a door to worship like never before. I want to open up the door to revival like never before. It's going to be a little road of this, 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 that nobody really knows. It's, it's going to be a road of that, that you, 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 may, you may never be on the stage. It's going to be a road of somebody who's been praying in their closet. Somebody who's been serving. Somebody who's been listening. And they can hear the Lord saying, it's time for revival. It's time for revival. Who can open the door for revival? And then you like Rhoda says, I want to open up the door for revival. He hears you, you hear the spirit saying, I want to pour out my spirit upon a city. Who can open up the door for me? You thought it was going to be your pastor. No, you may be the person that God is waiting on for just one act of obedience to open up a door this morning. Rhoda. Nothing special about her. She had no priestly garments on. Her name was Rhoda. Many of you would change your name if your mama named you Rhoda. Rhoda. Who names a kid Rhoda? Some mama that knows that their child is going to be raised up. And they're going to be, their, their ear is going to be close to the Lord. Some mama that wants their child to be a door opener for the kingdom of God. Some mama that wants their child to, to be a, a prayer warrior. Some mama, who names their child Rhoda? Rhoda, Rhoda, Rhoda. God is looking for a generation of Rhodas. You want to know what Rhoda means? You only see Rhoda one time in the, in the Bible. You only see it one time and it's right here. You'll never see her again. You'll never hear her again. But guess what? Her act opened up a miracle. You'll never see her again. But whenever you start studying her name in its original text, the word Rhoda actually means rose. Isn't that interesting? Rose. Little old Rose. Well, that sounds much better than Rhoda. But no, Rose. Rose. See, what she was, she was really a rose because all of these years she had just been in a closet somewhere. She had just been praying in a closet. Nobody knew who Rhoda was. She was just like a blossom. She had not fully developed yet. But all 
all of a sudden she opened up a door. Guess what? I was in here praying this week and I just began to smell like it smelled like a rose garden up in here. Because I just saw roses starting to pop up among the among the weeds. I just saw roses coming up among the thorns. Roses are being blossomed because right now you have been a bud for years, but God is ready to open you up like a rose this morning. And when you open, he opens you up, you can open up doors this morning. God is ready for a Rhoda. We're going to sing this out this morning. If our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? Then if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then Come on, raise your hands this morning, church. Hey. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand? need a church the Lord is looking for a church it says use me to open up the door for somebody's miracle the church has been praying this week through prayer and through this sermon God spoke to me he said Chase everything that you need is on the other side of the door I have already done it for you I have someone waiting to fill every chair in this church for both services. They're just waiting on the other side of the door. He said, I have every penny that you need down to the cent. I have it in abundance for you. It's just waiting on the other side of the door. He said, I have enough Holy Spirit to wreck your entire city. It's just waiting on the other side of the door. He said, I have enough healing for every sickness in this world. It's just waiting on the other side of the door. He said, because when my son Jesus Christ hung on the cross and said, it is finished, I delivered everything you need to 504 Avenue A in Rome, Georgia. All it takes is a little Rhoda that can hear my knock and say, come let me in. All you need is just one person. I know you don't need a seminary degree. I don't care if you know Greek or Hebrew. I just want you to be praying, serving, and opening a door. He said, I just need a generation of rotas because when a generation of rotas get in the spirit, there will be doors that are swinging open continuously. He said, I will open up a door of glory over your church. I just need a generation of rotas who's ready. This morning, you say, you know what? I wanna open a door. I wanna open the door for worship. I want to open the door for somebody's healing. God, use me. I want to be somebody who's causing revival. 
I want to be someone who's causing increase. I want to be somebody who's causing this church to be filled five times over. I just want to be a Rhoda. They're going to sing this, and I want you to move. Come on, I, I, I am praying that I'm praying that every square inch of this place is full. I need some Rhodas. Come on, Rhoda. Come on, Rhoda. I need some Rhodas this morning. Come on, Rhoda. Come on. I want some. I want to move. Come on. that's standing here. God, I'm praying for a road of spirit. God, they've been, in, they, they've, been a, they've been a little bud for far too long. They've been in a place, God, but now, Lord, you are stretching out your wings and you are moving them into a new season, God. God, I am praying that each and every person here, God, God, that you put on their hearts to be a person of prayer, God. God, I am praying that you allow them to be a servant for you. God, and I am praying that you give them spiritual ears to hear today, God. God, I am praying right now, God, that you just begin to Blossom them into a rose, God. God, a road of spirit in this place, Lord. People who are not looking to their pastor to do everything, but they understand that they've got the authority and through the power of the spirit to open up a door, to open up a movement, to open up something bigger than I could do by myself, God. Oh, what it would look like if a church full of rotas started just opening up doors. What would it look like if a church become a praying church? It would be a church that could hear doors opening around the city, moving into new territory, moving into new harvest today, God. God, I pray, God, that right now, God, that you sin, that you birth some rotas in this house, oh God. Birth some people who are looking to pray. Birth some people who have their ear, ear toward the word, God. Birth some people who are ready ready to move and they're ready to open up a door for the miracle that you already have God yes you are yes you are yes you are God birth something today God God I pray over each and every family God each and every family that's under the sound of my voice today families feel like they're in this prison with Peter and right now, God, send out your angels. Let them stretch out their wings and move these families to a new destination, God. The church has been praying for these families. The church has been praying for breakthrough. The church has been praying for chains to be loosed off of our homes. So right now, Lord, send an angel to lead us into our new season. 
open, blow open the gate, God, and we will walk through it today. Blow open that gate, God, and we will walk through it today. Each and every family, God. God, I pray, God, that you put them into new territories, God. God, I pray, God, that people that may not be happy where they are at, God, God, move them into a new season, God. You, they, you may not be, you may be unhappy on your job. God, right now, Lord, send an angel and escort them to their new place of employment, God. God, right now, Lord, I am declaring, God, God, that our homes be prayer closets. I am praying that we just don't pray on Sundays, God, but I'm praying, God, that we just begin to pray in our homes, that we open up doors for us to receive on Sunday morning, not because what we did here, but all because the prayers that we did throughout the week, oh God. God, I am praying for Sarotas to be birthed in this generation of the church, people who just want to pray, people who just want to serve, and people that just want to listen and open up a door, God. I thank you. Everything that we have prayed for, everything that we need, every person, every leader, every chair, it's waiting for somebody to open. fragrance to come. Cause beauty to come among the ashes, oh God. Stir something up today in our spirits, oh God. Births and rotas. And who could ever stop us? And if our God is with then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the word says, Behold, I stand at the door. And I'm knocking on your heart today with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. If you say, You know what? I need to answer the door to my salvation. If that's you, would you just raise up your hand right now? I need to be saved today. Yes, I see your hand. I see your hand also right here. I see anyone else. I need salvation today. Behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock today. If you're here and your hand is raised, I want to pray with you this morning. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I hear you knocking on my heart's door. I come to you today, oh God. I open up the door to salvation in my life. I come to you today as someone with faults. I come to you today as someone with sin. But now I confess that you are the Lord of my life. And I declare that today my life shall never be the same. My life will never be the same because you are the Lord of my life today. I declare it and I decree it. I have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am saved, I am saved. Come on church, put your hands together for the people who answered the knock today. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Remember, this week, Monday through Friday, our sanctuary will be open to 5 to 7 o'clock. Remember, next Sunday, our doors will be open 10 to 11 o'clock. 
And remember, next Sunday night at 5.30, our doors were open. It's going to be a powerful time. Invite your friends, invite your family. Get her early. Let's pray. Let's finish these next 21 days out in prayer. God, I thank you today. Go with us, Lord. Keep us. Protect us. Let us love you. Let us love people. And let us leave a legacy this week, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.